Welcome to the Rockbrook Church Podcast. Our hope is that today's message brings you hope and clarity for your spiritual journey. We love hearing how God is working in your life. Feel free to share any stories of how this message gave you a new perspective and hope. Email us at church at rockbrook.org to tell your story. Well, good morning. Good to see all of you. Glad you made it in uh, today. And uh, we're in uh, 21 days of prayer and fasting here at Rockbrook. We've just finished the first week uh, of that, so we're, uh, we've got 14 days left. Uh, actually, it's been fun. We've had over 100, almost 120 people showing up at 6 o'clock in the morning here uh, on the weekday mornings. And yesterday uh, uh, morning at 9 o'clock is when we do it on Saturdays, and we had 75 who showed up in the midst of the, uh, the snowstorm and all that. So we've been having a great time with that and uh, good prayer time. We've also been encouraging you to do some fasting uh, during this season. And fasting is not punishing yourself in order to gain God's favor. Uh, fa- fasting is where I do the best I can to disconnect uh, from the world so that I can focus on connecting with God. You know, there can be things in your life that, that are hard to overcome, hard to gain the victory, things that master us. And one of the ways that we break that stronghold is through fasting. And there are lots of ways to participate in a church-wide fast uh, beyond just not eating for 21 days. And so if you go to our website, rockbrook.org, and uh, there's a 21 days of prayer and fasting page, and there's a, actually a, a sheet, some information on there that will help you understand the idea of fasting. We can, we can help you with that. And I'd encourage you, it's not too late to, for you to join in in this. You know, if, if you haven't been able to uh, participate up to this point, you know, f- there's nothing wrong with 14 days of prayer and fasting either. And so a lot of times we'll, we'll think, well, I can't be there every day, so I'm just not going to do it. And I, just a principle in your Christian life, I'd encourage you to not focus on what you can't do, but focus on what you can do. Do what you can and uh, same thing's true with small groups. A lot of times people won't get in a small group because, well, I'm going to be gone a couple of weeks and so on. Well, that's fine. Then go the eight or ten weeks that you can go. And do what you can. Don't uh, not do something because you can't do part of it. Same thing with the prayer. If you can come up here or even just start praying at home uh, in the mornings, that, that would be great. We hope you'll join us. Uh, along that line, we've got a testimony today. Would you give a good Rockbrook welcome to Chris Norquist? Come on out. Some of you may recognize Chris as uh, Harry the burglar from our Christmas Eve service, and uh, give me that. And um, uh, so Harry has to do some community service, so we've uh, asked, no, actually we've asked Chris to give a testimony. He's got a great testimony for you here today, so uh, here you go, Chris. Thanks. Good morning. Hi, my name's Chris Norquist, and, and this is my story. I was born into the church, my parents were born into the church, my grandparents on both sides were born into the church. Faith was a huge part of our family from as far back as I know. And so I've always felt that my testimony didn't really have power because I don't really have a a dramatic conversion story. Now that I'm older, I can see the power is really in God's faithfulness and that my story is way more than me, it's a story of legacy. Generation after generation, claiming God's power into their kids, grandkids, and great-grandkids in faithful prayer. I grew up in Rockford, Illinois, and, and spent a lot of time with my, my, my grandparents growing up. I didn't realize until later the Im- impact their lives had on me. They were giants in their faith, and looking back, I can see that at the center of it all was their powerful prayer life. 
They faithfully stayed connected to God and claimed the power of prayer daily. I grew up with a strong faith and chose to be baptized in high school, but as I ventured out on my own, although my faith in God remained strong, my faith in in the church began to wane. The gossiping and hypocrisy and judgment of the church ate away at me. I thought, this can't be how God intended it to be. And so as many 20-year-olds do, I had a, I've got this attitude when it came to my faith. I knew who I was in Christ. Um, excuse me. I knew who I was in Christ and didn't need the imperfections of church. But this left me without a spiritual support system. I still believed, I still had my faith, but you would never know it. And I found myself in a place where I never thought I'd be, a person I didn't recognize, and I was more unfulfilled than ever. As my grandparents passed away, at each funeral I was reminded of the impacts their lives had and the legacy they had left, a legacy that continued to tug away at me. At one point, we found my, par- my grandparents' prayer schedule, and seeing through all of my ups and downs how they were right there, faithfully lifting me up in prayer was so moving. Around this time, the most beautiful smile entered my life. I met my wife, Mo, and there was never a doubt. She was the one for me. As we started talking about marriage, I remember sitting down with her and discussing the history of faith in my family, and even though I wasn't living it, how that's the legacy that I want to leave. We got married and started attending a church where, unfortunately, she was exposed to some of the imperfections of church that drove me away. When we had our first child, Mo and I were in different places spiritually. Mo hadn't experienced a healthy church environment before and was in a place where church still wasn't for her. I started going to Rockbrook, and for me, it was like being connected to oxygen again. A welcoming church where it was okay to come as you are. No one pretended to be perfect. Everyone was just striving to draw closer to God together. I got connected to small groups that encouraged me, cared about where I was, and provided spiritual support. I even went through growth track, despite being a chronic wallflower. This led me to want to help others get plugged in the church by serving on the growth track dream team. Around this time, the first 21 days of prayer started at church, and I can't describe how powerful that was for me. I began to realize I didn't know the first thing about prayer. My prayer life had been reactionary, just throwing words over the wall when, when a need arose. The 21 days of prayer helped me to discover the same power of prayer that my parents and grandparents knew to just be still before God, to feel his presence, to let go and trust his promises. I felt called to be more intentional about my prayer life. Over the last couple years, I spent the last seven days of each year circling my house in prayer seven times, claiming my wife, our marriage, our kids, our family, my job, for God's purposes, not mine. And God has been faithful. In this time, I've seen my wife grow to know and love the same power I've experienced from being connected to the body of Christ, the church. I've seen my kids begin to commit their lives to Christ. I don't know what God has in store, but I know that he was faithful even when I was not. And I strongly believe this is due to the prayers poured over me by my parents and grandparents. I just pray I can carry on that legacy and always know that in Christ, I have the power to have an impact on future generations when I stay rooted in the friendship, guidance, and perspective that only comes from being still enough to hear his voice. Thank you. Now, you may hear that story and may think, well, you know, that's great for Chris. I mean, he's, you know, got a legacy of praying grandparents, praying parents, you know, Christian family. But that's not my story. Well, make it your story. You know, why don't you be the one that starts that legacy? 
You be the one that starts it, that pr- starts praying, and for generations on, uh, there, there's a, a legacy of prayer. You can do that, and you can start now. So, but our theme verse for this frequency series is John 10, 3 through 5, and Jesus gives us a metaphor. He gives us a picture uh, that describes our relationship with God, and he, he says that God is like a shepherd, and we are like his sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him, and the sheep listen to his voice. We have a speaking God. Amen? Yeah. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. You know, God doesn't only speak to us generally. God also speaks to us individually. He speaks to us by name and leads us out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes on ahead of him, them and his sheep follow him because they know his voice but they will never follow a stranger in fact they will run away from him because they do not recognize a stranger's voice and part of the problem that we have in our day is is there are so many other voices speaking into our lives you know God is calling us to block out the other voices reject the voice of the stranger run away from the voice of the stranger and hear and follow God's voice. Now, in, uh, in, in this series, Ryland's going to do a message on uh, recognizing the voice of God. How, how do you uh, know when it's God speaking to you? How do you know when it's, it's a stranger's voice uh, speaking to you? And, and so that's coming up. Is that coming up next week or in, next week? Okay, that's good. Uh, but today, I want to talk to you about why God speaks and how God speaks. So first, on your notes, why God speaks. Why would God want to have an individual conversation with you? Because God is a personal God. And God wants to have an up-close and personal relationship with you. Look at this verse in Matthew 1. Just come out of Christmas here, look at this. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. So we read elsewhere in Scripture that Mary and Joseph were supposed to name the, uh, the baby Jesus, so they named him Jesus, but they nicknamed him, they called him Emmanuel. And Emmanuel means God with us because he is a personal God. And one of my prayers during this 21 days of prayer is that our speaking God will speak to each one of us. God will speak to you, even today in this service. I mean, I believe there are things that God wants to say to you right here, right now, right where you're seated. And if you'll let him, in the next few minutes, God is going to say some things to you uh, that he wants you to hear. So let me tell you why God would do that. Why? Because God speaks to facilitate friendship. And a lot of people don't see God that way. They don't see God as a friend. But Exodus 33 says the Lord would speak to Moses face to face as one speaks to a friend. And it's always fun in this, this prayer season where, uh, you know, some people are, are, are struggle a little bit with prayer because they're, they're thinking of the examples that they've heard in their past. And they kind of have this image that God speaks in King James English. And so when you pray to him, you've got to use a lot of these and thous and shouts and arts. Like God, God is Amish. Uh, God's a pilgrim. So you've got to speak to him in an old-timey language in, in order for him to understand you. And, and you, know, you don't have to do that. Just talk to God in a normal conversation like you would with a friend. Because God wants to facilitate a friendship with you. And in order to do that, you need to speak to him uh, in the same manner as a friend. 
So, you know, if you want to hear from God, you've got to cultivate a friendship. How do you cultivate a friendship with anybody? You have conversations with them. So that's why God speaks to you and why he wants you to speak to him. Another reason God speaks to us is to give guidance. The, the Lord sees the dangers and the detours ahead. He sees the roads we should take, the roads we should not take, and he's trying to guide us. But there's a tension with God's guidance. Because if God is guiding you, if God wants you to turn away from something that you're doing, if he wants you to turn away from a direction that you're going, you might not be happy about it. Because you were doing that thing, you were going that way because you thought it was the, the right thing, it was in your best interest. And now all of a sudden God's telling you, no, 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 don't go there, go over here. That can create some tension. But God knows what lies ahead and he's trying to turn you from evil. He's trying to turn you toward righteousness. He sees the beginning from the end and, and so we got to learn to trust God in every situation even if it seems like he's doing something we don't like or something we don't understand. Listen for God's voice in everything you do, everywhere you go. He's the one who will keep you on track. So God speaks to you to guide you through the things you can't see. Next, God speaks to provide perspective. God has a perspective on uh, life that you don't have. And this is crucial for you to know. I'm so excited to share this with you today because you, you need to know that not everything you see is what's really going on. Okay? Not everything you see in the natural world is really what's going on because there's another dimension. There, there's another dynamic. There's a spiritual, eternal dimension, dynamic that's going on. And God has both perspectives at the same time. And God wants to unveil and reveal to you the things that are happening in the spiritual realm. God wants you to not just see the natural. God wants you to understand the supernatural that's going on. And God would love to show you a new perspective on life, your life, and what's going on in the world. The Bible says, for we walk by faith, not by sight. So God wants you to walk by things that you're not seeing on the surface. By faith, not sight. You don't just trust what you can see. You've got to listen to what the Spirit of God is telling you. Uh, there was a, Wis <clears throat> a Wisconsin Badgers football game. Any Badgers fans here? That's what I thought. Oh, there he yeah, Doug. Yeah, you would be. There were two last night, just so you know. And, uh, but there was a Wisconsin Badgers uh, football game. And they were losing the game horribly. But the fans in the stands were cheering like they were winning. I mean, the Badgers would make a bad play, and the fans in the stands were, were cheering. They were going crazy. And, and it got to the point that it was confusing to the players on the field. And it was even confusing to the guys who were doing the commentary uh, on, on the broadcast. You know, wh why would the crowd cheer when there was, they just made this horrible play. Well, it turns out that the Milwaukee Brewers baseball team was also playing a game at the same time. And it was a postseason game, and the, and the Brewers were winning wonderfully. So you got all these stands in the fans with their earbuds in and who are listening to the Brewers game, and when they would score a run or make a great play, the whole stadium would just, whoa! regardless of what was going on out here in the field. 
okay? You know, it's like there were two totally different events going on at the same time. The, the people in the stands, they're watching a game that they are losing, and they are listening to a game that they are winning. Yeah, that'll preach, baby. That'll preach. <laughs> I mean, they're watching defeat, and they are listening to victory. They're watching what's happening in one realm, and they are listening to what's happening in another realm. And God would love for you to respond to what you are hearing from him, not just what you are seeing in the world around you. I mean, if you just look at the world today, I mean, man, it's, it's just def- doom and, and chaos and, and we're all going to die and this is the most horrible time to ever be alive and all these horrible people are on the planet and man that we're all going broke and man it's just terrible I mean, you, yeah, I mean it's just horrible what, what, you, what you can see but you start listening to what the spirit of God is saying and, and God saying, no 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 Man, I've got hundreds, hundreds, and hundreds of thousands of people who are turning to Jesus Christ in this time. We have more people in in this era, in this time, coming to faith in Jesus Christ than have come to Jesus Christ in in any other time in history. The church is thriving at a point that it never has before. God is on the victory side. God is on the move. And and you need to hear that in, in order to have the right perspective. Because if you just, if you just l- look at what's going on in the world, uh, you're going to miss what's happening. And so God speaks to us because he wants to facilitate friendship with us. And God speaks to us because he wants to guide us and direct us. And God speaks to us because he wants us to live with a different perspective. Uh, listen, we are winning the game. We are winning and we've got to quit acting like we're watching defeat, and we've got to start listening to what God's doing. You know, and the Bible gives us a number of ways that God speaks to us. And, and at one point in this message, I was just going to kind of list out all the ways that God speaks to us. But, but what I want to do is I, I really want to focus on one of the ways that God speaks to us. And, and I believe it's the way that God uses the most, and I also believe it's the one that we often don't recognize. And that is the whispers of God a nudging a prompting and urging in in your spirit in first Kings 18 Elijah the prophet of God uh, fights the prophets of Baal and he wins a great victory over them I mean first Kings 19 you need to read that story you talk about a story of victory it's just really cool and then in chapter 19 right after that great victory Elijah enters into a deep depression and you need to understand in in your spiritual life that often a spiritual high point is followed by a spiritual low point spiritual highs are followed by spiritual lows and so you can't be surprised by that you got to be prepared for that and you it happened to Elijah it happens to a lot of us I tell you what Monday mornings I mean, you know, I come out of the spiritual high of preaching five services to you wonderful people, and Monday morning I wake up at the house, and it's, it's just me. And Mondays I can, I can sink into a, a, a depression, okay? And, uh, but that's, that's common. You need to be prepared for that in your own life. And a, a while back, I think it was in August, I was uh, actually out in California, and I got to visit Rick Warren's personal library. Uh, Rick personally has a library with 15,000 books in it. 
and he's got all these other cool things in there. He's got the fedora hat that Billy Graham wore uh, at every inauguration when he prayed for the president. Yeah, how cool is that? He's got an original King James uh, Bible. He's got Jonathan Edwards, preacher from the 1700s. He's got Jonathan Edwards' prayer bench that he used as a kid. He's got a music stand uh, from uh, Charles Spurgeon's Tabernacle in, in London, England. And he's got a, uh, a stained glass window. And there was a cathedral in Dresden, Germany that was destroyed, obliterated in the bombing during the war. And the only thing that was left intact was this really cool stained glass picture of Jesus. I mean, how awesome is that? And, uh, and he, one of the things that he's got is he has this a handwritten letter from Charles Spurgeon. And you may not know this, but Spurgeon, he, he was the greatest preacher of the, of the 1800s. I mean, to this day, he's called the Prince of Preachers. And his sermons are classics, and guys are still preaching his sermons uh, even today. But back then, Spurgeon would speak to hundreds, even thousands of people at a time in, in these great uh, conferences. And in this letter, he's writing to a friend, and he's describing how depressed he gets after preaching a great message. He says, you know, the conference w was glorious, but the aftermath, is, it's like I'm walking through the valley of the shadow of death. Because spiritual highs are often followed by spiritual lows. You need to know that. And Elijah, actually, after this great victory, he runs off uh, into the desert and finds a cave and hides all by himself. And he becomes convinced that he's the only one who's serving God. He's the only one who loves God. He's the only one who's trying to do the right thing. And he just hunkers down in this cave and has this huge pity party for himself. And God has to come to Elijah and speak to him in order to draw him out of his depression. And in 1 Kings 19, God wants to show Elijah that God is with him. And God is a personal God who wants to speak to him. And it says, the Lord said, go out and stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord, for the Lord is about to pass by. And so he said, Elijah, crawl out of your cave, get out here, stand out here, i got something I want to say to you. Then a great and powerful wind tore the mountains apart and shattered the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind, there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. After the earthquake came a fire. A fire swept through this canyon and burned everything up. But the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire came a gentle whisper. And some translations say came a still, small voice. And that's how God spoke to Elijah. And so today, I want you to learn how to hear that gentle whisper, that still, small voice of God. So on your notes, let me show you four areas where God whispers uh, to you. Uh, first, he whispers encouragement. And God is doing this all day long. You know, someone irritates you, somebody gets your goat, the enemy tries to rob you of your joy. The Spirit of God is right there whispering encouragement to you. Listen, God is not harassing and hectoring you. God is not saying, why don't you do better? Why don't you stop your bad habits? Why don't you a better person? Why don't you do more? Why don't you uh, uh, measure up? God's not saying that stuff to you. Look at this. It says the Holy Spirit speaks to us deep in our heart and tells us that we are God's children. Right now, God is whispering to you that you are part of his family. You're one of his kids. 
Look at Isaiah 55. It says, pay attention. Come close now. Listen carefully. See the urgency here? Listen carefully to my life-giving, life-nourishing words. I'm making a lasting covenant commitment with you, the same that I made with David. Sure, solid, enduring love. Folks, God knows what you did last night. And he loves you anyway. God knows every stupid mistake you're ever going to make in your life. And he loves you anyway. He loves you. He loves you because you're his child. God, God doesn't love you because of what you're doing. God doesn't even look at you through the lens of what you're doing. God looks at you through the lens of what Jesus Christ has already done for you. And God is whispering encouragement to you. You know what God's whispering to you right now? He's saying, you are my child. I love you. I am so proud of you. That's what God's whispering to you. And you need to hear those whispers because you've, you've got a lot of other voices that are saying just the opposite. Number two, he whispers warnings. Uh, you know, the, the Bible doesn't use this exact phrase, but, but I, I believe it's a biblical principle. And maybe you've heard this kind of Christian phrase, I have a check in my spirit. You ever heard somebody say that? You know, it's like I, I was going to go over here and do this, and then all of a sudden just, there was just a, a hesitation in my spirit. It's like the Holy Spirit whispered, ah, don't, don't, don't do that. I wouldn't go over there with you. There, there, there's just a check in your spirit. And an example from Scripture, it says, they were forbidden by the Holy Spirit to preach the word in Asia. And you first read that and you think, well, surely the Holy Spirit wouldn't prevent somebody from preaching the word. I mean, that's the whole point. That, that, that's, that's their mission. You know, that's, that's what they're supposed to do. It's called to do. It's a good thing to do. But the Holy Spirit knows the beginning from the end. He knows God's perfect plan. And he warns us when we're getting off track. And you and I, we may think, oh, this is a good thing to do. But it's not a good thing to do, even if it's a good thing, if it's not part of God's plan. And so you want to listen for the warnings from the Holy Spirit. After they had come to Mysia, they tried to go into Bithynia, but the Spirit did not permit them. And so if you give the Holy Spirit room, he'll speak into your life. He will guide and direct and protect you. Whether you turn to the right or to the left, your ears will hear a voice behind you saying, this is it, this is the way, walk in it. You know, I wouldn't do that if I were you. Wouldn't say that. Wouldn't tweet that. Wouldn't tweet that. I think the Holy Spirit would say, I wouldn't tweet. You know, I, I wouldn't date him. I wouldn't date her. I wouldn't charge that. I wouldn't buy that. And, and, and right now, he may be whispering to you. He may be saying, don't, don't do it. There's an area of your life where he's just saying, just don't, don't, don't do it. There's a check in your spirit. You know, he may be whispering in the secret. Because you're only as sick as your secrets. And so he may be saying, I know you've got that secret. I know you've got that area of your life that's been hidden for years and years and years. But it's time to bring that out into the light and deal with it. It's time to bring it into the light. You, God may be whispering to you, you know, you need, it's time to get help. 
Because some of our, 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 you know, we're not meant to deal with life struggles alone. And some of our hurts are so big, we've got to team tackle them. And the Holy Spirit may be saying for you, you know what, it's time. You need, you need to get some help. Number three, he whispers direction. You may be looking for direction in your life. Maybe, you know, who to marry, where to work, what house to buy, what car to, to drive. And, and God will speak to you if, if you involve him in the process. And, and here's a secret I, I've learned on this one. You know, when, when, when you're moving into a new relationship or into a new job or a new house or a new car, you're moving uh, in, into something new in your life, there's just a lot of emotion, a lot of excitement and enthusiasm about buying something new, getting something new, starting something new, meeting somebody new. And I would just encourage you to, to let the emotion of that excitement pass and then lay it before the Lord. Okay? Lay it before the Lord and listen to him. Let, let, out of the excitement. You know, let that first jolt of excitement pass and then ask God, God, direct my decision on this. And you know what? He will. He will. And you'll make better decisions. You'll move into better relationships than you would if, if you just respond out of the emotion and the excitement of the moment. Luke 2 tells the story of when Jesus was dedicated in the temple as a baby. And, and Simeon, this old man who had been waiting for the Messiah, been hanging around the temple most of his life just waiting because he, he wanted to see the Messiah. And it says that Simeon was moved by the Spirit. Moved by the Spirit, he went into the temple courts. The Holy Spirit told him, Simeon, I got an assignment for you. I want you to go in there and I want you to pray for that child because that child's the Christ child. That's the Messiah. High point of Simeon's life. Paul, in the book of Acts, it says, And now, compelled by the Spirit, I am going to Jerusalem. And look at this. He says, Not knowing what will happen to me there. So Simeon was moved by the Spirit. Paul was compelled by the Spirit. The Spirit speaks to us to direct us where we need to go and he can speak pretty specifically to you if you let him and you know he may be speaking to you today and, and one of the things he may be saying is slow down slow down because so many of us are in too much of a hurry or he may be saying just the opposite he may be saying do it now he may be saying let's go I mean, you know, why can't today be the day that you fully surrender your life to Jesus Christ? You know, he might be whispering to you, it's time, take the next step. You know, a new year started, we're all on a spiritual journey here. Maybe it's time for you to take your next step. And the Spirit's saying, listen, these guys talk about growth track every week. This is the week you need to step in and find out what that's all about. You know, we're baptizing next weekend. Maybe you need to get baptized next weekend. You can sign up on the communication card. It's time to take that next step. Maybe it's time for you to get into a small group. Maybe it's time for you to lead a small group. You know, what, what is the Spirit whispering you? Hey, let's go. Let's do it. Now's the time. What else does God whisper? He whispers dreams. Dreams. You, God will put inside of you something that you never thought you could do. And in my own life, I am so thankful for the dreams that God has given me. I tell you, every weekend, uh, you know, I come to church here and I'm just amazed at what God has done. 
Because I remember, I remember when Rockbrook was a whisper and a dream. You know, uh, yesterday, uh, did you guys know we had a snowstorm? Yeah. Yesterday, you know, we had, had all that snow hit, and there was a football game. Did you know that? There was a football game yesterday? So at 5 o'clock yesterday, we, we did our 5 o'clock service, and, and we had 21 people who showed up for that service, okay? And, uh, and you know, for me, honestly, that was, that was like a victory, because I remember the days when I would have killed for 21 people. I mean, not literally, but, you know, in a pastorly sort of way, you know, I would have killed to have 21 people show up. And so, you know, we had 21 people show up last night and the worship team, and they just, they rocked the house and I just preached my guts out. And I mean, you know, God brought 21 people up here in the midst of that football storm to, you know, because he wanted to speak to them. And, and so, man, we just, we just gave them what, what we had. And, and honestly, it was a lot of fun. 6.30, we were back to our regular numbers, you know, and then here today, you know, we've had a great group. But, but you know, God speaks again and again. He speaks in dreams, in visions of the night. God speaks to people in different ways. And honestly, I don't know where we are in the timeline of the return of Christ. I mean, I, in my humble opinion, I believe Jesus could come back at any time. I mean, as I study Scripture and as I look at, at the events, of, you know, all the signs of the last times, looks to me like they're being fulfilled in our generation uh, unlike any other generation before us. I mean, we live in amazing times. And Acts 2 says, in the last days, if that's what we're in, in the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy, your young men will see visions, your old men will dream dreams. And I believe that, that, that there is a spiritual awakening that's happening in our generation. And God says, I'm going to put something inside of you. I am going to stir you up. I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you um, sight. I'm going to give you vision. I'm going to give you dreams. And I want you to be the solution to the problems. You know, you, you want to know what your role in the, in the end times is? Your role is not to sit around and, oh my, everything's so horrible. Oh my, it's the end of the world. Oh my, there's so much evil. Oh my, everybody's so dastardly. Oh my, you know, just whining and, oh no, no, no. You know what God wants you to do? He wants you to be salt and light. He wants you to be the solution. He wants you to be the answer. He wants you to occupy until he comes. He wants you to put your shoulders back and put your head up and speak the gospel. He wants you to serve him in a new and vibrant way. You know, God might be saying to you today, he might be just silent up alongside you and whispering, go all in. Go all in. Why be a part-time Christian? Don't be hiding out in the dark. It's time for you to be part of the light. He might be saying for you, give God your best. It's time. It's time to give. It's time to serve. It's time to participate. Don't just be lukewarm. Jesus said, if you're lukewarm, I'm going to spit you out of my mouth. It's time to be either hot or cold, baby. Step up. Go all in. Give it your best. God's whispering to you. He's saying, make a difference. You know, that's our vision for you here at Rockbrook, that, that you would know God Find freedom from your hurts, habits, and hang-ups. Discover the, the design that God has uh, created you, the purpose that he's made you for, and then make a difference. Make a difference. So what do we need in order to hear these whispers from God? Well, you've got to have a positive posture and attitude. You know, speak to me, Lord, because I'm open to hear what you would say. I love what little Samuel said. He said, speak, Lord, your servant is listening. Your servant is listening. 
What if before that meeting, what if before that phone call, what if before that project, what if before that tweet, before that email, what if that before that purchase, you, you just made it the practice to just pray and ask God, God, what would you have me to do? I'm open. I'm listening. Tell me. And then I'm eager to respond. Eager to respond. My sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. They follow me. Let's pray together. Maybe you're here today and in, in, in this moment. Th this is your moment. This is your moment to make the decision that you're going to trust in Jesus Christ as your Savior. This is your moment to become God's child. This is your moment to receive that eternal abundant life that Jesus Christ offers you, to be forgiven of all your sins, to be born again, to become part of what God is doing in our day. And maybe you're a believer and this is the moment where God is just stepping up and he's saying, man, it's time. It's time to deal with this. Let's, let's take care of this. Let's bring it out into the light. Let's get some help. Let's, let's move forward. Maybe you're here today and you're on a path and, and the Spirit of God is just whispering, ah, 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 don't, don't do it. Don't do it. Don't go there. And maybe today, God is whispering to you, it's time to go all in. It's time to give God your best. It's time to, to step up and make a difference in the world. God, we thank you for the whispers that you speak into our life. Help us to hear your voice and follow. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for joining us today. We would love for you to get connected to what's going on at Rockbrook Church. Visit us online at rockbrook.org for service times, small group information, and other ways you can discover your purpose here on earth.